Greetings, Neil Breens, and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name is Charlie. I'm joined by my co-host, Will. <laughs> Hello. I thought I thought you were gonna do <laughs> greetings, Neil Breen. <laughs> like to him personally, but plural is funnier. Just keep going. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I don't know why I landed on plural Breens, but. You know, that's that's what no, we're rolling with. An army of Neil Breen. <laughs> that sounds wonderful, honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, if you haven't already guessed from that and the title of this episode that you clicked on, this week we watched Fateful Findings, a movie about the day in the life of Neil Breen. I said the day in the life, but whatever. Uh, so, this was a will pick for episode number 52, one year, Yay. but we'll, uh, yeah. Hooray. We'll get into the sentimentality as we go, but we'll, we'll recap it for us first. I will. And <laughs> at first I was like, you know, it's going to be hard to recap this movie. Uh, I was going to basically give up. But then Neil Breen was there in the IMDb storyline section telling us exactly what his movie was about. <laughs> <laughs> and actually summing it up like, pretty well i gotta give it to him it's it's a pretty good little synopsis so here as far as we can tell our words written probably edited on imdb by neil breen himself he signed it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) a small boy discovers a mystical power as a child then is separated from his childhood girlfriend he grows up to be an acclaimed novelist and also a computer scientist who hacks into the most secret national and international secrets. <laughs> His childhood discovery gives him amazing paranormal powers. He is reunited with the childhood girlfriend mystically on his hospital deathbed as his relationship with his current drug addict girlfriend is deteriorating. I thought it was his wife. I thought it, so did I. Uh, As passions build among the threesome, mystical, psychiatric, and worldly forces rise to prevent him from revealing the hacked secrets. He attempts to reveal all in a large press conference in Washington, D.C. with, quote, faithful, dangerous consequences. Signed, Neil Breen. <laughs> Thank you, Neil, for blessing us once and again with that. The way it was written, I, I believe so much that it is him who wrote it. It sounds spot on, honestly. Well, uh, this movie, if you haven't seen it, and you've probably seen it, is insane. <laughs> yeah. Do we, do we need to give a brief, like account of who neil breen is for our listeners who have never seen a film by him before i can do that since i've seen all of his work somehow (laughs) this is the only director who's i've seen every one of his films um so this is kind of actually a popular pick i think among like your, your film youtubers your podcast your content creators who leech off of the work of real people who make movies uh and so because neil breen is kind of he's been described as the next tommy Wiseau. it's like he he, he's made the room six times in a row (laughs) 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 which is amazing an amazing accomplishment i think his movies are generally a little better than the room in fact like for if you're looking for 
a sort of so bad it's good director. I don't think you can do much better than Neil Breen, honestly. He is a master at his incredibly specific craft. Uh, and if you want, <laughs> the one thing of his that I haven't seen where is when he breaks down his craft in a like five hour long <laughs> film retrospective <laughs> where he teaches you about how he made his movies and stuff, which I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I think red letter media like kind of recapped the retrospective, which, you know, more power to them. That, that sounds miserable, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his movies have a lot of, kind of through line themes going on he think he likes to play the star i think he's the star of every single one of his movies he writes directs and, and is it's the lead role in. yeah yeah he's, he's one of those directors which like that's kind of like the holy trinity of these this type of movie right mm-hmm. of like writer director actor that's how you know it's going to be like just a vanity project basically mm-hmm. yeah and all of these pretty much are, because he's always like a hero who usually has some sort of incredible tech knowledge and maybe magic powers <laughs> and is sometimes like a government agent. One time he was some sort of techno Jesus. He likes playing the good guy or it's hard to tell how good. There's a lot of genocide in his later work, too. It's weird. He's <laughs> a very chaotic character. Like, everything he does is... Like, like I've done this already once before, putting something on the D&D spectrum. But he is very chaotic, almost maybe neutral, because he has an objective, and he doesn't care, like, what the fuck happens getting to it. He's going to get there. He also doesn't care what the results are, because, you know, the results of this one was mass suicide yeah uh, his <laughs> his desire to reveal these corporate secrets that are corrupt based off of whatever his definition of that is <laughs> uh he seems to not care although i don't think anyone could have predicted uh everyone he revealed it, it'd be like imagine if because he basically just does the panama papers right yes mm-hmm. And all that happened to the, to the Panama Papers was that the pe- so a few people who worked on them got blown up, right? Like, that's what actually would happen. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, everyone whose, like, name is listed in these documents commits suicide at the end. Spoilers. Uh, those are the, quote, faithful, dangerous consequences that happened. Yeah, we see, like, the president of the bank shoot himself (laughs) and uh, the president of the insurance like hang himself it's just (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) just like they're caught and they're immediately like you got me i give up (laughs) oh my god i love the like nondescript admissions of guilt too it's like the bank's goal was to make money above all else (laughs) like really (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what? I'd love to ask Neil, like, what do you think companies do? <laughs> and what, what is the line for you between a good company and a bad one, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so curious what he believes. 
And the more of his things I watch, the less I know, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so, okay, he's an, he's an architect, right? That's where he got his money to self-fund these movies from. Yeah, he's an architect. Like, or an architect? There's, I think there's some, like, question of that. I think he describes himself as an architect. That, okay, see, not being able to prove that he's an architect and it being a self-described thing makes me think that he's actually just, like, a guy who... No, he is a a licensed architect in California. Oh, okay, there you go. I was going to guess that he's just some guy that owns, like, a contractor that builds houses, but... (laughs) Then again, he could have also written his own Wikipedia page. Oh, that's true. It's well, is there, is there a source? Does it have a source for that? Oh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Journalist. Uh, there is a source. Oh. I mean, I guess it's, you can check architecture licenses. That That's not that hard. So. But yeah, it says uh, that over the next years after Double Down, he continued his work as an architect to finance his next film, I Am Here, or I Am Here Now, which became his breakout feature film and garnered, quote, a lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. This is his. Mo- that's the movie with the ellipsis. That's four dots, right? Yes, it's the four dot yes. ellipsis. Beautiful. <laughs> he invented the four dot ellipsis for this film. <laughs> He's also working on a twisted pair sequel. Oh my god! Twisted. <laughs> Another <laughs> twisted pair. <laughs> Get this man some sliding shorts, Jesus. <laughs> Twisted pear, but it's P A R, the fruit. Oh my god. That, hey, <laughs> Neil Breen is a pear. <laughs> yeah, later on in his discography, if you don't know, he discovers green screen. Oh, And starts man. using it to its fullest. Oh god. Uh, which is part of how he does his, like, putting two of himself in the frame and like eventually kind of gives up on finding locations to be in and just sort of like is zooming around on like <laughs> stock images. <laughs> There's more, so stock images have always been an important part of his work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, double down. I, I believe I showed all of you at like Park's apartment in college, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, is the closest thing to like a fever dream put to film since like enter the void or something <laughs> you know like it's it it is like it was edited by a random number generator it's <laughs> it's very chaotic and he's like clearly trying to stretch the runtime with like liberal use of nature stock footage right yep uh and there's some of that in this one like it all it's all it always appears in his films but the era we're in during Faithful Findings, he isn't using quite as much. He has a lot more locations in this one. I feel like we should touch on that double down viewing and my previous Faithful Findings viewing because a lot of the Neil Breen experience is how you watch these movies, yeah. right? And as yeah. with any like so bad it's good movie, it should be with friends and under the influence of something. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, I know is... you, you and. Your girlfriend, who I can't remember if we say her name on this podcast or not, you got got your cute little thing where you watch all these so bad they're good movies. And I had like never seen something in that category before because I was like, why would I watch a bad movie on purpose? And then you guys got me to sit down, and have a drink, and watch this movie with you, and it was 
a life-changing experience, <laughs> truly. Yeah. Eye-opening. That was when I got y'all up to Knoxville soon after, and mm. you then presented Double Down to us after we had gone kind of brewery hopping and drank a bit, drank more at the apartment, and drank our way through that freaking movie. <laughs> I... Do not remember much about Double Town, but I remember <laughs> having a great time. It's mostly just Neil Breen going on adventures in, like, the desert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, do... my my most vivid memories of it are just Neil Breen, like, pulling a, a coat of some kind open and there being, like, sticks of ram in it and him just, like, yelling at the sky in the desert. <laughs> Uh, which I think is, well, there's also some laptops that he's, like, hammering on in the desert. He's, like, typing really fast on multiple laptops yeah. in the desert, right? He, Doesn't that happen? The laptops appear, yeah, in Double Down and in this movie. Yeah, the, there are, there's excessive use of multiple clearly stock non-functioning laptops. I don't know, dude. I wouldn't put it past him to smash a real laptop. Well, but like for you, a bit. you literally never see the screen on on any of them. That yeah, is he doesn't true. come anywhere close to trying to get you to believe <laughs> that the laptop is working. It doesn't even like cut to like a working one screen and then smash it. No, no, he's just yeah. The uh, the the one thing that always sticks with me from Double Down is the denim vest with a bunch of, like, army surplus medals tacked onto the front of it. Yeah, he's stealing Valor in his first film. It's really... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Neil Breen is just really based, dude. I don't know. Yeah. This is the one... Double Down is the one where he has, like... He's just, like, eating tuna directly from the can driving around (laughs) and, like, opens up the back of his truck. In his car, and it's just like full of empty tuna cans. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. For for fateful findings, though, um, I opted not to drink, but I opted to uh, try out Delta Eight THC because it is legal in the state of Georgia. Was your experience at all harmed by the inclusion of fateful findings? <laughs> um, <laughs> There was definitely a point midway through that I felt like I needed to take more. (laughs) And so I did. There you go. I, on the other hand, was dead sober this time because I was sick. But I was watching it with Park and I was still dying. This movie rules, (laughs) dude. It's so funny. It's really good. (laughs) Like Almost every line of dialogue is entertaining in some way because it's all... I think there's something I've noticed about his movies that I think I think it's his direction, like, why all the actors speak this way. I mean, it's obviously, like, his writing mm-hmm. uh, that's doing it, too. But a lot of the lines in this movie, if delivered by a normal person, would maybe sound a lot more normal, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But he is, I'm pretty sure, asking people to speak very slowly and, like, like they're reading their lines to someone who is like a non-native English speaker or something. It's it's like very... They're all very affirmative. So, yeah, it's all very affirmative and all the dialogue is extremely like stilted and just slow. Like 
it makes everyone feel like an even worse actor than they already are. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes they're just shouting for seemingly no reason. Like, there, there's a scene with, uh, it's Jim, right? And his wife, Can't Amy, I think is the character's Jim. name. They're, like, sitting on their bed, and Jim is just talking in, like, a normal but kind of loud voice. And Amy is just yelling for some reason. <laughs> but, like, it's not, like, even one of the scenes where they're, like, really fighting. She's just yelling, like, apologies. And Park and I were theorizing. We're like, do they just have, like, a really bad boom mic in there? And they were like, we can't, it's not picking you up. You gotta talk louder. You gotta yell. <laughs> Stuff that any anyone would be like, we need another take. Mm-hmm. Right? It's this... Fascinating. He rides this fascinating line between high effort and low effort, right? Oh, yeah. Where in this movie, like, we have multiple, like, sets, a ton of people who he's hired to act in this, right? Yeah. Like, the cast of... It's like a budget indie movie with a cast of, like, 10 or 15 people. It's kind of a lot. And... You know, things like out of order. There's no, like, black frames anywhere that I'm seeing. You you don't even, like, see a boom mic the whole time. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think. But, so he's put all this effort to, like, kind of, like, film this movie. And it's even, like, it's not, like, well-filmed, but it's, like, kind of serviceable. Like, I don't know. Like, the actual, the camera's pointed in the right direction and it's in focus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, like, he's putting in, like, a ton of effort into this movie but he needed to just put in a a little more (laughs) for some stuff right or like it's to the point where it's like maybe he isn't realizing that this is weird and that's what makes it so fascinating to watch right yeah is that you're trying to like solve the rubik's cube that is neil breen's mind (laughs) yeah the whole time the film tells you so much about him, but leaves so many questions up in the air. <laughs> and I mean, there's there's so many different moving parts to that too, right? Like, if, if you're going to compare this movie to other movies, you have to compare it to other so bad it's good movies. And I always I always feel a little bad saying that, but like, that's what it is. I'm sorry, like that's the reality yeah. here. But yeah. if you think about like. I don't know, like Tammy and the T-Rex. That was another favorite that I watched with you guys. And I that movie knows exactly what it's doing, right? Like, it just, it yeah. is that. I wouldn't even consider that, like, a so bad it's good necessarily, right? Yeah. It's just, like, this director is <laughs> insane and no one's stopping him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just making weird decisions and it's, like, it's, like, kind of a kid's, I don't know, it's, like. They just let him do it. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, kids won't be weirded out by this movie. Like, kids will have fun watching it, and adults will have fun watching it because they'll be like, I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah, (laughs) I had a great time with that one, too. But yeah, this one, it's like, it's again, no one's stopping Neil Breen because, I mean, he's what every filmmaker aspires to be, right? He is totally independent, (laughs) there is no one above him to tell him what to do he's totally independent to the point that if you watch all of the credits he just has a little statement that says any company that has an (laughs) n or a b in its name 
is fake. It is, in fact, Neil Breen. <laughs> It's my favorite part of the whole movie. It's It's so funny. The cherry on top of the movie is the credits. It's so... I've never... This is the only time I'll ever say, like, this is the best credit sequence I've ever seen in my life. It's so funny. Truly, it's up there with the Monty Python and the Holy Grail opening credits. Yeah, just... Having a plot twist in your credits, just, like in the text, not this isn't a, an after credit scene like it's a Marvel. Paragraph. No. The it's a text paragraph. of the credits going down lets you know, psych, I did all of that shit. Oh my god, me, Neil Breen uh, did everything, and that that seems so intentionally funny, right? Like you look at that, and you're like, this is this is a joke. He's making. A joke, but I don't think the rest of the movie makes a single joke because it's very serious and, like, his whole persona has this air of, like, I am dead serious about everything I do and say and this is all very sincere but not in, like, a self-aware way. <laughs> so, I'm like, is it a joke? I, what was he doing there if it's not a joke? Like, I don't know. Like, was he embarrassed that he did everything? Did he thought? Do you think the movie would look like more legit if he had like what looked like companies but like if so why would he put that note at the (laughs) end immediately giving away the game i don't oh yeah i want to i want to also talk about the cars in this movie he's like clearly rented a ferrari and a rolls royce briefly for this film he had a ferrari in double down too didn't he yeah it was the exact same model of ferrari yeah i don't know i I kind of doubt it's his. I feel like it's just like one he goes to some one of those like rental things where like if you want to like stun at prom, you can like mm-hmm. rent one to take pictures by, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Um, Maybe he's just a really good architect, dude. He, he could be. I don't know. Although the first couple of Google search results do not show me any sort of like way you could get him to build a house for you i don't know <laughs> maybe he's gone into like full-time directing by now i don't know maybe i think he crowdfunds a lot of his movies too or yeah. like looks for investors and stuff so he's like surprising. 62 right didn't we determine that is that old he is yeah he's like in his 60s now so in this movie he was in his 50s but it, we were we were trying to figure it out because of the whole thing with like it being his like long lost girlfriend from when they were both eight years old, but he is very clearly like twenty years older than the actress. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so funny them going from like the two like child actors who are like the same age and then them grown up and just he's so much older <laughs> and like honestly like. Watching, if you watch through his movies, like he takes okay care of himself. Like you know, he's he's not like aging quickly or anything. Yeah. Uh, if anything, he's kind of <laughs> holding up. But like, he doesn't look like a young man in this, <laughs> and like he's acting across from this like twenty-something-year-old woman, <laughs> and it's uh, it's very funny, which uh-huh. I guess can maybe bring us to something that occurs in pretty much every like vanity project where your director is a guy uh them being really horny and casting 
a or setting up the movie to put the lead who happens to be themselves in uh situations where they get to touch a boob yes <laughs> basically <laughs> it's an incredibly horny movie and a variety of insensitive and strange ways yeah it's it's so specific to it's not like any i've really seen before <laughs> other than i guess other neil breed movies yeah I mean, he just he sets this movie up to where like three of the five female characters in it just want to sleep with him yeah and one of them is a teenager and i'm like yeah, you didn't have to yeah. do that <laughs> and he has this scene where he's like no, I don't want to sleep with you because I am a good person. And I'm like, yeah, I assumed you. <laughs> I assumed you didn't want to do statutory rape in this movie. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we would have assumed the same thing if you had just not started that plot thread in the first place. It was weird. I don't know what it was for. It has actually no impact on the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, there's just a lot of situations where, like, Neil Breen is not afraid to literally show his ass no. uh, in films. You see his butt crack in this. You see most of his nude body. Uh, if you want to double down, you can see his balls. Yep. Uh, so check <laughs> yep, that, that out. That's the thing. Fans <laughs> of that. Uh, <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah. But there's never any, like, full frontal, like, nudity, really, or, like, there's like women who are like naked, but you never really like see anything, right? They're kind of just like pressed up. A lot of side boob. Yeah, they're just pressed up against something. Usually, like half the time, Neil Breen himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's uh, it's very strange. It's like it's kind of shy about how horny it's being, but he's still like putting himself in that situation, and it's. It's like you can see the conflict in his own head of, like, how much can I get away with <laughs> in this movie? You know? Like, does it not feel like that a little bit? <laughs> it's fascinating because, like, I cannot conceive of ever writing any of these situations. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, there's that shower scene at the start with the character that I I thought was his wife the entire time, but I guess it's just Same. his girl, his live-in girlfriend. Yeah. Where he, yeah. like when he when he comes back from the hospital and it's just like naked, bleeding in the shower with that ridiculous <laughs> bandage still on his face, and she's just like, bitch, like kind of trying to kiss him with the bandage on while she's still got like a nightgown on, and they're just circling each other in the shower for like two minutes. Yeah, it's it like so it isn't long. like it isn't sexy. It isn't like a real. At least in the room, he's like they're like moving around you know mm-hmm. like it's still like a vanity project but like he's in the tommy weasel still very creepy but he's like you can see him trying to like make the scene sexy yeah well right the mm-hmm. just waddles side to side in the shower yeah O'Brien, he's like he's too scared he has like a sixth a sixth graders like <laughs> idea of like how to deal with like women it's very strange like he's he's like oh i want to like give a girl a hug and a peck on the lips <laughs> and anything more than that i would get i would get too excited or like that's too much for me it's very strange when when Trill and i were watching this uh because there's the like there's 
two very distinct sex scenes, well, quote unquote sex scenes that both have the exact same start. Oh yeah. To them, like this one with his <laughs> girlfriend, like at the desk that starts in the exact same way as the one with his like past girlfriend at the tree. Yeah. And Charlie said, uh, Neil Breen has had sex exactly one time and it went exactly like this. So this is all he knows. Yeah, that's my all theory. he knows. Because <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing. They rip each other's clothes off like part way where it's like the, his shirt gets ripped down the shoulder that's facing the camera, the right shoulder, because he's on the left both times. And the woman like gets her tank top straps pulled down. And then it cuts to the two shirts falling on each other on the floor in the same positions both times in two different places with two different women. And need I remind you that in the context of this movie is that his wife fucking overdosed and died. (laughs) And now he is immediately with the other woman. (laughs) It's so weird. While he was having sex with the other woman. cheating on her and it's doing this scene his wife dies <laughs> whose idea was this the movie is so mean to her the whole time <laughs> it really is, it really is. Uh, it's and that that's like the the only part of the wish fulfillment like self-insert character thing that feels really sinister because like some of the other stuff that's a little off is just like well this is just this guy's just an idiot, right? <laughs> but this one, it's like, what if my wife killed herself so I could fuck my childhood best friend? <laughs> like, uh, bro, uh, that's not great. It's a lot. And it's like, it's impossible to tell what the movie is trying to say about the drug addicted girlfriend other than like, it feels a little bit like the movie thinks that she deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It really does. Like, he barely comforts her about any of her problems. He, like, he has a conversation about, like, yeah, don't don't take pills anymore. And then just completely ignores her in, in the next scene. It's just like, yeah, I like, have to work on my book. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, like, an expert on addiction or anything, but I, I imagine just telling an addict stop taking those pills once and then giving up is not going to get them to stop taking their pills. And it just, again, it's the the ultimate narcissist project where it's like, I am the hero of this movie where I am with all these beautiful women and I have these cool cars, one of which I get hit by and my relationship with this character is, "This, this bitch is addicted to pills and it's ruining my life. Which is not how yeah. that is supposed to work. But in the context of this insane movie, uh, dark though it may be, it's very funny. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's hilarious. Because it's like, also there's like that weird ghost animation that keeps appearing. The little like wisp of smoke or whatever. <laughs> that like, I think it happens around when she's like overdosing, right? So it's like, yeah, I think so. you see them like hooking up and then it looks like a ghost kills her <laughs> or something. Like, yeah, I think like, you see so, it like, like over the clothes on the ground. Yeah, something like that. Their magic kills her. It's very, it's, I don't know. The weird the other, like, like scream magic that happens mm-hmm. every time it shows up. The other weird magic horny scene is like there's a repeated 
shot that I think is supposed to be like a vision or a dream or something, and it's it's him <laughs> in front of the, the other woman. Yeah. <laughs> in what? The trash bag room. Yeah, they're in that like weirdly textured black void room, just like hunched over naked on the ground, like sort of holding each other, but like not really, and it's not like a a sexy thing, it's just weird. They found he, he, Neil Breen's just trying to find truth so he can know how to do alchemy without a transmutation circle. There you go. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> that, that's why he was in the dark void. Mm-hmm. That's it. God, God help us if Neil Breen discovers alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> he will make the greatest movie of all time. Oh, that actually segues super well into an idea I had when I watched this. Okay, hit me. Okay, so we've been shit talking this movie for about 35 minutes now. Mm-hmm. But lovingly, I'm telling you, if the plot, just the plot of this movie, was an anime, people would not complain. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like it, if and and you'd have to obviously have it have like normal like line delivery and like pacing. You'd have to like fix all of that. <laughs> so but the like the bones of the plot, I think. <laughs> If it was just an anime, people wouldn't think twice. Because <laughs> you have, like, childhood couple who is split up and meets again later, main character with magical powers who's trying to, like, save the world from something while juggling his childhood girlfriend and his current girlfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you have visions in the tarp rooms, uh, uncomfortable nudity. It's all there. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we uh, watched Fooly Cooly for the show, yeah. and Fooly Cooly has, like, actual themes and, and things it's trying to say. And good music. Right, but uh, the, uh, the, just the story in a vacuum doesn't make any more sense than this does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it, this is our first movie that isn't a, like, is it or is it not anime? This is our first, like, Fateful Findings should have been an anime. <laughs> Neil Breen has maybe just been watching a lot of it. He's just a weeb. <laughs> that would not surprise me at all. The, the one thing, just talking about the storyline in this movie, you know, yes, the storyline is incoherent at times, like most of the time. Um, but I couldn't stop laughing where we really get no plot for like the first 30 minutes of this movie. Like, they find the magic rocks at the very beginning. We meet the girlfriend, but, like, there's really no, like, point. And then all of a sudden, he's working on He's just typing on his laptop that we think he's been writing a book on the whole time. And then just exclaims to nobody, I am not working on a book. I am hacking all the national and international (laughs) governments. It's like he decided what the plot would be about in the middle of, of like, filming his movie. Yeah, that's the thing is, there's, like, four actual plot beats in this movie. Nothing happens for very long stretches. And yet there are so many things happening on the camera. Like, the entire other family, the, uh... the teenage girl and then Jim and the or the stepmom, Amy. 
what was the what was the point of that? It didn't matter at all. <laughs> so, so that Neil Brain could go, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I, can't I can't believe you can do this. I, I think I feel like the closest thing to like a reason they're they are there is to like contrast bad people to Neil Breen to show like people doing bad things and then so you can be like well Neil Breen doesn't do bad things I like him but he's also doing a bad thing like his relationship is also terrible he cheats on his wife and then she kills herself I don't think he sees it that way I think he sees it as she didn't (laughs) she deserved everything that happened to her in this movie I think is the way he thinks you're right it's just very fucked up it's not making the point that I think he thinks it's making no, I don't know, maybe I, I, Neil Breen has outsmarted me and it's supposed to, like, oh you're, you're supposed to draw this comparison and be like, oh, he's he is much like Jim, uh, but reverse. But I, I don't know. I'm just too distracted by Jim's drunk acting, because it's, like, the worst. I've, he's like a man who's never had a drink before pretending to be drunk. Yeah, he's, he looks like he's like trying to like be a gorilla. He's just like letting his arms hang and like <laughs> wiggling around. It's really strange. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie where like they feel like maybe first time actors, and then like on top of that, they're being directed to speak in just a super unnatural way, and it it feels uh, it's something something to see. You kind of it's. <laughs> You gotta watch it for yourself to really understand just how like everyone is speaking incorrectly, but also the same way for the whole film. Mm-hmm. It is it's wild. I've never seen anything else like it yeah. other than double. And down. it's and like <clears throat> I, I feel like I go back to the room because that's like the like the biggest so bad it's good movie, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of the dialogue in that movie being weird can you can kind of write it off to be like well Tommy Wiseau is, is like a non-native Eng- English speaker right this is his second or third or whatever language uh so like he's there's going to be some like weird translation stuff and he's just gonna conversations are going to come off as strange mm-hmm. so like it doesn't make the movie like doesn't mean the dialogue's good it's just like a way to explain how he got there but Neil Breen is, like, from Nevada. <laughs> he lives in Las Vegas or something. Yeah, he lives in Las Vegas. He, he's one of the most guys who just, like, lives in Las Vegas all the time type people I've ever seen. <laughs> but, like, he... It's like he has never written anything or, like, heard people talk before. It's really strange. <laughs> Why is spinach one of your notes? Oh, yeah, the plate of raw yeah, spinach. Yeah, he's... At one point, he's having lunch, and it's just raw spinach leaves. That's when... No, that's when they laugh. That's not the awkward sex scene where he throws everything on the floor. Uh, and when we say raw, we don't just mean, like, uncooked. Like, you wouldn't cook spinach for a spinach salad. But, like, there's nothing on it. It's just spinach on a plate. Just spinach on a plate. I feel like at that point, just eat it from the bag. <laughs> it's weird to dress it up with a plate. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to make him seem, like, quirky or what, but... I don't know that he was trying to do anything. I think he just does the first thing that occurs to him. Maybe that's all he eats. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's Popeye. He is Popeye. 
it fuels him. <laughs> he becomes un- unspeakably strong. It's what gives him the power to make movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, now I'm picturing buff Neil Breen. Oh my god, that's his next movie. He's like... In Twisted Pair 2. He got jacked. <laughs> yeah, what if he did like the Marvel diet, dude? He just oh shows God. up Avengers jacked to his next movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Him and Kumail are both in his next <laughs> And then don't explain it. There's no reason for it. He's not like an action hero in the movie. He just became jacked. Became incredibly square oh, for some reason. Just, just doing the always sunny bit. Yes, that'd be great. Oh, what he should do is film half of the movie as one of the twins <laughs> then get huge and film the other <laughs> twins part super jacked he's like what if the twins worked out <laughs> neil breed and the cooler neil breed oh man i want to see that movie i want to see like them do the like one person plays twins thing but like have them have like drastically different bodies <laughs> that sounds like a christian bale movie. not with a bodysuit have have the actor actually like lose the weight and then do it all again or gain the weight or whatever somebody get rob mcelaney on this he's he's done it before he can do it again he'll do it yeah it'll take three years to film this movie <laughs> maybe we can get into and this is something that i've seen covered a little bit particularly in one of the red letter media uh, reviews of I forget which movie it's one of his more uh, genocidal movies later on when he's like some being from space who's like I'm gonna wipe out humanity because everyone's corrupt Is he like pass through I think so yeah and and they had like this joke where they're like all eyes on Breen like we gotta we gotta watch this man he's gonna like <laughs> do something horrible like we, we're not sure if we can like ethically support this guy <laughs> <laughs> Right, which, like, I think they're kind of right. Just, like, there is a darkness here. He has... It's impossible to get a feeling of, like, what his politics are or what he even considers to be, like, good or bad. You know? It's just, like, you can tell he has some very, like, intense opinions. And there are certain types of people that he very much does not like. Yeah. But the rhyme or reason as to, like, who they are... Is really hard to pin down, which is maybe the most frightening thing about him. Yeah, that's the thing, is it's so, like, nondescript what his issue issues are. Because all he says yeah. the whole time is just like, I have hacked into the national and international secrets. secrets. <laughs> and it's this, like, proto-QAnon bullshit of, like, oh, like, there is a nondescript conspiracy of the, you know, all these different things but like they never assign you know the fucking capitalism to be what the thing is right that's going on in the background like I, I neil breed is like steps ahead not ahead it's the wrong word behind even like QAnon on identifying anything real going on with this <laughs> which is not yeah. the point of fateful findings but it's so strange that it just doesn't make any attempt to like have an opinion on these people or like what the problem is it's just obviously the government and the big businesses 
are evil for this nondescript reason, and I'm going to get them all to kill themselves. With the truth. Yeah, it's it's like a child's understanding of how corruption works. Yeah. And it's really weird to see... Because I think it's important for you to, like, know the motivation, even if it's, like, a bad motivation for someone who, like, in the movie wants a bunch of a, of a particular kind of person dead, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, wants to do some, like, grand revolutionary act. So, like, Fight Club, for example, like, Tyler Durden is feeling like like he's lost control of things and particularly, like, his masculinity because of... uh capitalism particularly ikea or some shit right like Mm -hmm. he (laughs) like he is and like his character is like sort of like misattributing a lot of stuff and like is the way his masculinity has been wounded does you know makes him very fucked up and weird and like you know obviously isn't like someone that i would consider a movie character that i would consider a role model but like so like it's like a good movie and it uh you understand why the character wants to blow up all those buildings at the end right like that's never a question you have you know instead the movie has you think about like you know what are his ideas and do they have merit and how did he get to that point right that's interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is a discussion you can have but if it's just like nondescript secrets and the owner of the bank and a senator then not much you can not much you can do with that yeah (laughs) you know like it's a good thing the movie's funny because it would not be entertaining otherwise (laughs) Mm. i I do have a a good point for this movie because we've talked about this a couple of times with other movies uh like i think came up first in drive where the director thinks the main character is really cool and like aspires to be that. But Neil Breen takes it to the next level where instead of just aspiring to be that type of character, he makes himself that character because all of his characters are that same, you know, super intelligent hacker who every woman wants to fuck. And, uh, he's like rather indifferent about a lot of it and he just puts himself in that role so instead of like visualizing or living vicariously through the movie he just lives the movie (laughs) yeah he gets to be it's a great deal for him because he just gets to do whatever he wants (laughs) like exactly the way he wants to but now i'm picturing drive with like the director (laughs) putting himself in the lead role I was picturing Neil Breen and the scorpion jacket. Oh my god, please give it to us. <laughs> we, need, we need to send him one for his next film so he will wear it. Hell yeah. Oh my god. I fucking love Tribe, dude. I was too mean to that movie. We did that episode. That movie rules. <laughs> I didn't even think you were that mean to it. I think you were like the most supportive of it. All. <laughs> I probably was. But I wasn't. If, if I was critical of Drive at all, I was too critical. Perfect movie. No flaws. So, as we may have mentioned, this is uh, Mark. marks our one-year anniversary doing the podcast. We didn't miss a single week for some reason. I'm shocked. 
just releasing this. Charlie's been on every single one. He's had nothing to do for a whole <laughs> year. <laughs> it's really incredible. Um, there's, uh, I guess, something we can maybe do uh, every year in addition to... I think it'd be fun if we did a Neil Breen movie every <laughs> Every, every year. one year. Neil, Neil Breen Day. Neil Breen Day, yeah. So... But what I want to do is maybe take a look back and get everyone's opinion on maybe what what was your least favorite movie we've watched and what was your favorite for the whole year? What was... I've never watched this many movies in a year before. Yeah, uh, same. <laughs> so I think this has been kind of an experiment for all of us, except for maybe Park. I think he's seen more movies than me and Charlie combined, probably. Hello. But this... Uh, I think that I think that could be fun. So, starting with, uh, I guess whoever wants to go first, uh, what's your favorite, least favorite uh, movie of the year? Um, okay, least favorite Miami Vice, terrible movie. Never watched that. <laughs> Garbage. I'm glad I skipped that one. <laughs> oh man, awful movie. That that's the only movie we watched that I think was like genuinely bad i guess this is also genuinely bad but like it's entertaining miami so that vice was fun that the miami vice episode wasn't even that fun to do yeah just, we were just like, pissed off that we watched it painful this is uh, I, I i'm gonna jump in with you charlie because this is also my pick for mm-hmm. the worst one we've done and like it yeah it's just so like irredeemably bad and i've seen people who i think i think maybe they like the movie like ironically to some extent i don't know but i couldn't even get that out of it yeah right like i get so much more enjoyment out of a fatal findings than the miami vice yeah and fucking park is the one that put it on the list it wasn't even there <laughs> so it's all yeah. your fault yes my, my awful plan yeah we we've even it's come up multiple times where we found like scenes or parts of other movies where i'm like this is just like a what Miami Vice was trying and failing to do, right? Of just like having the characters be like cool, like vice cops or whatever. It just I don't know. That movie failed at every level. Like hard boiled kind of thing, and yeah. And then okay, the I mean, the best movie we watched. I we may have Watch similar answers for this. Yeah, because I feel like. <laughs> If, if the criteria is best, it's almost, like, objectively correct. Uh, yeah. that you can be... also do favorite episode or favorite one you've watched. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Three. Like... We, can do, we can do three, because mm-hmm. to keep us from having just, like, the same lists. <laughs> yeah, because that, that movie was incredible, and I loved it. It was really good, and you should watch it right now if you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this. But <sighs> favorite episode, I'm going to cheat a little and pick... A two-episode back-to-back stretch, which was Home Alone into Die Hard 2. And that was a long time ago now, and we've done a lot of episodes that I've really enjoyed since then, and I think we've probably gotten better at this since then. But in that, like, little holiday season pocket right there, doing those two ridiculous movies in a row, that was was, was so much fun. I had a great time. With that, I just, I I remember laughing my ass off through both of those episodes. I don't know if they're good episodes. I don't know if they're coherent between us just, like, cackling at 
you know, all of that stuff. But I had a good time. So that's that's mine. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll hop in next. Uh, since I was lucky enough to miss Miami Vice, because I've seen that movie one too many times before, that being only one time, uh, my least favorite movie is probably Zack Snyder's Justice League. That was <laughs> the biggest waste of time <laughs> I have ever experienced. Like, Stalker, <laughs> Stalker disrespected me for my time because that movie was, like, also close to four hours long. But it at least was, like, a competent, really interesting movie. While Zack Snyder's Justice League was just vomit on the screen. Vomit it's on the screen drill. in fucking four by nine. Four three, but yeah. Oh yeah, wait, sorry, yeah. Four by three. Four by three. Yeah, but just absolute vomit on the screen in a four by three aspect ratio. Professional counter strike player as aspect ratio. <laughs> um favorite movie we watched would have to be Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I'd like I would typically jump to something maybe like uh Spirited Away or uh, there will be blood, but I've seen those movies before of like all the movies that I had never seen, even movies I have seen. This one stands out as one of my all time favorite movies now. So Portrait of a Lady on Fire, definitely. Uh, when it comes to most fun to record, I might have to say Borat 2 because that was in <laughs> oh like that God. was in the start of November. You know, right as we're getting into the the meat of the election and we did Borat 2 and it was great. That was fun. That was a good, good time. Old, oh, Rudy Giuliani is just the, uh, America's punching bag, really. <laughs> hey, he's not allowed to practice law in D.C. anymore. Wow. That's good. That was a great month of entertainment from him. Too much goo leaked out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> we know that we, we know you're talking to the evil from Fifth Element. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so mine are pretty much exactly the same as Charlie. <laughs> My favorite, I already said, least favorite Miami Vice. Fuck that movie. It is, it's just, I don't even like Michael Mann that much to begin with. And this is like him at his worst. It's just so bad. But, and then best one, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's, that movie's just so sincerely good. It's, I don't know. Listen to the show for our full thoughts on that one. I don't want to repeat it. And then. My favorite episode to do uh, has to be Home Alone, just because I have so much nostalgia for that movie growing up, and I'd like seen it so many times, and I feel like like everyone had seen it so many times that we were just all in like a really awesome mood <laughs> reviewing mm-hmm. it and talking about it, and like there's so much fun stuff to think about with like I don't know <laughs> libertarian <laughs> libertarian Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is such a funny... Like, I can't get it out of my head. I think about it all the time. <laughs> like, when we were, like, falling down, it's just grown up. Macaulay Culkin is so true. It's so true. Oh, man. I, like, blocked falling down out of my memory already. <laughs> it was, like, yeah. that, there was a lot going on in that movie. Yeah, I... I... I like what you said about the Home Alone one because I think we all were just in a good mood was, at that was time. One. It was like vaccines getting approved, light at the end of the COVID tunnel starting to sort of hesitantly appear. Well, um, 
anybody got anything else before we wrap this thing up? Don't believe so. I don't think so. It's been a good year. Yeah. Well, for the podcast, well, yeah, it's been yeah. a good year. <laughs> it it has been nice. I think I, I liked what you said about it a few weeks ago, Will. It's, it's been kind of like doing a book club with the boys, but a movie yeah. club, which is easier. <laughs> yeah, movies are way better than books. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Uh, it's been a, it's been a good time. I'm glad we've been doing this, and I will keep doing it as long as y'all want to. So, yeah. all right, recommendations for faithful findings, Park. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I recommend it. Just <laughs> please, uh, like, have a friend with you, have a beverage with you, have some weed with you, have have something. That that's my recommendation. And well, uh, must watch for me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone needs to see Fateful Findings. Uh, so, can, should I say support Neil Breen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do with the money, but yeah, watch Neil Breen. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. I, you know, find yourself somebody that is into this stuff who's seen it before they could be your neil breen trip guide and get (laughs) get some drinks and just enjoy find find your vaccinated pals grab some popcorn and watch faithful findings because it rules um well guess that's the show then so that's one year if anybody wants to say anything else sentimental you can do it right now during your plugs park um yeah, this has been a this has been a fun year. I've looked. Uh, thank you to anybody who's been here through the whole year, or even just now joining. Thank you. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at summerhour underscore brewing. And well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at will post words, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston. Like Park said, it's been a really fun time making this for a year, and I'd like everyone to know that over 52 episodes, the guys have not helped me edit one time. That's all. <laughs> hey, I've offered, okay, I've That's, offered to do it for you. The truth is, no. I, I enjoy the power. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy who needs the final cut, and I yeah. respect that. Uh, me, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie B Posts, uh, where I write about video games, and I haven't posted any of the things I've written yet, but I'll do that when I write a feature or something longer in the future. Yeah, anyways, you like video games? Charlie B Posts. And uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening for the last year, or just the last episode guess we're gonna keep making this thing so that's uh that's cool we'll be back next thursday find us collectively on all the stuff at jump cuts pod go to our website that i haven't updated in a month and a half jumpcutspod.com i'll do that you still tomorrow. have an update <laughs> i told you to update you did and i was doing something so i forgot immediately afterwards oh my uh, god <laughs> eventually i will update it um that should do it so thank you once again we do really appreciate it leave a like rating review uh what's what's the thing you do on apple podcast rate that's the that's the big one yep and it really helps out 
and we will see you next time with my pick, which will be something I don't know yet. But we'll see you then. <laughs> so long.